This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Think about the environment you work in right now. If you're listening to this while you're on your way to work or maybe just having left work, what excites you about going to work or what excites you about leaving work? Is it a place where you feel like you can be productive and have fulfillment in the things that you do? We put a lot of emphasis on finding a great work environment, a work environment that has a good tone, a good atmosphere to it. At the same time, you may not put a lot of thought into the tone or the environment of your home and your family life. And in this chapter, Brian talks about the value of having a good home tone. Brian Dietz is the marriage and family pastor at High Rock Covenant Church in Arlington, Massachusetts. He's been married to his wife, Heather, for 14 years, and they have three kids, Abby, age 12, Lydia, age 10, and Caleb, age 7. Date nights and family nights are a favorite part of Brian's week, and he loves encouraging others through the highs and lows of their own marital and family intimacy. In 2011, Brian started developing a curriculum called Milestones, raising a Jesus-loving generation to help families in his congregation celebrate spiritual mile markers and prepare for the next season of discipleship. This curriculum has evolved over the years and continues to be one of Brian's biggest passions. A healthy home tone doesn't happen by accident. It takes some strategic planning on the part of the parents to create an environment that's conducive for healthy spiritual growth. And in their 14 years of marriage, Brian and his wife Heather have found that one of the most valuable times for strategizing on how to create a healthy home tone comes during date night. You mentioned earlier uh, creating home tones. Is is creating this sort of atmosphere of marriage and, and love one of these home tones or uh, maybe you could jump in and let's talk about home tones and what you mean and, and how we cultivate those. Yeah, it was interesting. It was I was teaching a parenting seminar a couple of years ago, and I it was almost one of those offhanded little comments. I don't know where I came up with it, but I just mentioned like, are you paying attention or what's the tone of your home? And it wasn't a main point. It's just you know one of those things. People came up to me and continually I, every time I use it now, they're just like, oh man, it just makes them pause and think like what is the tone of our home? And usually they come up because of like, it's not good. Like it's so much about correction and just functioning without real warmth and love and care. And they, they begin to reflect, but then it's often more just the like, huh, it stinks and I wish it were better. What can we do to work on that? And there's so many levels of that. But if you're looking at the marriage still, then I do think it certainly starts with the the mom and the dad if if you're you know if there's both parents in this in this picture so being able to have a relationship where you're going beyond just the functional day to day and then getting frustrated and all that sort of stuff and so for us the the home tones start with as often as possible and with younger kids, it was definitely less, but as they've gotten a little older, we've found a little bit of ability to have date nights, and that's just our space. Hopefully, I mean, early on, without kids, it was pretty routine about once a week. Now, it's more like twice a month, and when we had little ones, it was like just once a month, once every six weeks. We could barely survive. We just felt like it, was, it is our lifeline, so 
we got up to two months. We were really struggling, but finding ways, finding creative ways. It's not fancy. We love to go grab a cheap dinner or whatever and, and just sit and talk. And, uh, and that's just our space, not to just collapse and sort of, I think some people we've often found how the perspective of a date night is just to get away from it all and check out and just have some fun and be entertained and watch a movie or something. And don't talk about the kids. Don't talk about anything serious. Just like get one like night of like out of it. Our vision is actually the reverse. Like, hey, let's be intentional about date nights and focus in on the things that need to be talked about to hopefully go back and make the rest of our time much better. And so we have five questions that we developed early on in our marriage from various conferences and mentors we had. And we would take those five questions and now we just got to memorize and it continues to just be our lifeline. We don't always get through all five, but we usually hit at least the first three. And that's just sort of our intentional way of saying, hey, let's check in. Let's kind of care and love each other and affirm each other and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's the starting place for us. Could you walk us through those five questions? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the first one is just really basic. We just want to hear your highs and lows for the week. Just sort of gets us warmed up and conversing kind of beyond just like the who's got the kids, who's picking up this time, what are you doing for dinner, blah, blah, blah. But it just starts the conversation. It's like a little warm up. But I kind of want to know, what was your highlight? What was the low light? Very basic, small group question, or, you know, common. And then we go into the next thing. What's something I did that made you feel loved this week? So this is kind of the affirmation space where we like to say something. And it's always like, a danger zone if your spouse has nothing to say, like, okay, I didn't do anything to make you feel loved, but we always find something. So that's good. But we just feel like that affirmation is is a good thing that just naming is like, sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but it's good to know. You like that. Okay. I'll try to do that more in the future, but glad to know. So that's, that's big, but it also then we feel like is important to set that up because the third question is probably the big one, which a lot of couples I've got, we've got relatives we share these with. They're like, I don't, I don't want to know the answer to this question. I don't want to ask it. <laughs> like, but we say, is there anything bothering you? And that's the big one. And we've committed to each other that we're going to ask each other the question. So you don't have to bring it up. I'm going to ask you, is there anything bothering you? And then as non-defensively as possible, I'm going to sit back and listen. And literally, we'll put up our arms sometimes and like, oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Like, I'm bracing for impact. But I receive whatever it is. And sometimes it's nothing to do with each other, right? It can be anything bothering you. But it's usually going to start there at least. Is there anything we need to clear the air on? Let's hear it. And the first words after I listen to the whole thing is, hey, I really want to say I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. I did that. I was inconsiderate or just didn't know or was flat out a jerk, whatever. That's where I want to go. And then let's process that, learn from that. What do we need to glean from that? And, uh, and so that's a big one. And then from there, we, uh, we want to know, what have you learned spiritually this week? So that's just sort of our little checking in, like, what's God doing in your life? How are your quiet times going? What's, what, do you, what's, you know, what thing is just sort of stirring in you? And then the last one, which is more like, not, it's more periodic, not necessarily a, a regular question, but how are you doing on your goals? And so we have different ways of approaching that. I'm more of a like, I have a rule of life and a much more structured goal person. And my wife's more just sort of thinking along the way and thinks of goals and wants to talk about that here and there. So that's just our time to sort of check in. And that might be even like a, a longer getaway at the beginning of a year. We try to get away and just sort of think through some goals and plans for our family and stuff like that. So 
those are our five. And we really, it's so nice because we don't have to think too much about it anymore. It's just, that's our little structure. We're pretty into that rhythm. And uh, again, not one size fits all, but we do commend the concept of having some intentionality with your dates and trying to keep those regular so that you just keep the tone between the two of you is going to set the culture in so many ways. And from there, there's many more things that we can talk about. But I think that's a foundational starting point. No, I love those. In fact, I can't wait to go on another date night with my wife because I think we should implement those. And I, I really like what you said about not checking out and going and seeing a movie. And and that seems to be the go-to. It's really easy. Like my, my wife and I, if I can confess, I mean, we had a date night and we did. We went to one of these new fancy movie theaters they just built here where, you know, you can eat dinner there and, and do all of that. So it was a, it was a bit of oh, an experience. Awesome. but. You're right. And and what it makes me think of while you're talking is when we just go on a date night as spouse and we check out, we've really lost the part of our relationship that brought us together in the first place. Because early on when you're dating, it's all about that talking relationship. Like you can't wait to share those sorts of ideas and aspirations and just the little details about your day. But especially when you have kids, man, you're right. You just get caught up in the whirlwind and the blur and are the kids alive? Are they fed? Are they bathed? Are they in bed at time, you know, on time? Can we watch a 30 minutes of a TV show together? Or No, I've got to go and write a report or, you know, whatever it is, it, it takes us away. So I really like that intentionality on the date night because it, it seems like, yeah, it just recenters you back in your relationship to what started it in the first place. And your questions hit that dead on. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to use those questions. Um, Great. What, what are... And then I'll just ahead, yeah. say heads up that we've shared these a lot of people and often at least one spouse really likes them. And sometimes the other spouse isn't feeling it as much. And sometimes that structure just goes against, you know, back to your, you know, personality types and Enneagram numbers. So you got to work with that and kind of think it through and navigate it. So again, the general principle is what can you do to spend time that gets you beyond just the functional basic interactions, or even sometimes you're not even functional anymore, right? So you're just barely talking. So what can just spur some good conversation that allows you to dig a little bit beneath the surface and set a tone in your marriage is going to then help your home. Yep, absolutely. I think you're right. We have to take an a measured approach to all of this stuff because we're not robots. We are people and uh, each person is different. So yeah, well, uh, well said. Um, what are just real quickly, what are some of the other tones and maybe we don't have to go into uh, in, in deep in those, but could you just uh, maybe list some of them for us? And Yeah, I think the next one I would really encourage, and this is, we we actually have 11 milestones we walk families through from birth through high school graduation. Milestone two is called the blessing. And the blessing is really foundational in my mind for everything we're going to do with our parenting. The blessing is based on a, a book um, called The Blessing, Giving the Gift of Unconditional Love and Encouragement. And the the premise is that our kids are constantly going to be bombarded throughout their life with all these negative messages, negative voices, and so much negative input. <clears throat> they need that constant reminder that they are loved. 
And that first and foremost comes from God, but then we are the vessels, the ambassadors of that love into their lives as parents. And so we want to train our parents from day one to say, hey, you know, I know you're worried about all these behaviors and all these spiritual practices and I should memorize verses and da, da, da. Hey, first and foremost, let your kids know they are loved. And so we give a very simple blessing that one of my professors from seminary used for his kids all the way from birth through college and beyond. They still use it with each other now. And it's just a simple call and response. And we encourage families to do it either in the morning or at night or both. We use it a lot. Um, but it's a call and response. God loves you. God loves me. God is with you. God is with me. God delights in you every day. God delights in me every day. And so the parent says it, the kid responds back and forth. And that blessing concept, there's five elements of the blessing. We walk through all five of elements, but it's sort of a a physical touch and a spoken word and attaching high value, picturing a special future. All those things are kind of parts of the biblical blessings you see throughout scripture where parents would offer a blessing to the next generation. But offering that on a daily basis, in my mind, is so essential and foundational for setting the tone of the home. Because let's face it, we all have those days where the last thing on our minds when our kids are going to bed is, I want to bless you. I want to get rid of you. I want you out (laughs) of my hair. Please just stay in bed. I am done with you. But even the discipline for me has been powerful where I have committed every night I go into each of my kids and I put my hand on their head, their arm, their back, and I extend a blessing because no matter what you've done, God for sure loves you. And as I'm that vessel who's saying that, I'm expressing that and I'm still with you and we're still together. And they barely pay attention many nights, but I love, it's just that sacred rhythm and sacred routine and the ability, it's a little bit of a liturgy in our home that we offer to say, hey, we always want you to know that this is where you are. And we start each day and sort of our rhythm. Actually, there's a variety of other Bible verses I give that are some great blessings um, that you know how high and wide and long and, you know, that one and, um, and various other ones. So I'll give those at night. And then my wife will do the call and response that I shared earlier in the morning. And that's just kind of our rhythm. And our kids, we just, again, want them to know that at the beginning and end of every day, this is the tone you want to start and end your day with. So that's kind of the next foundational tone, if you will, that I try to offer to parents. And it's really a simple one. We loved when uh, some middle schoolers got to, to youth group, and we use it in middle school too to try to end some small group times. We encourage our leaders to use it for them. But it was so cool whenever after doing this for a number of years, some of them got in, we started, hey, we're going to teach you this blessing. And like, wait, wait, we know a blessing. Our parents have been blessing us for years. And we're like, Yes, victory. <laughs> That's the plan. We want that. We want you to be blessed. And then we'll just continue that right on and come away knowing like God loves you. God's with you. God delights in you. And you can go to go to bed knowing that. You can wake up knowing that. Sometimes it's uh it's really frustrating when you're like you said, your your kids don't really pay attention or really seem to care much about what you're doing when you're doing it. Like they're they're like half asleep or they're playing with a toy or something while you're doing this. But I remember my home church growing up, Every literally every Sunday morning, our pastor would stretch out his hand over the congregation and say a blessing. He would bless us financially, relationally, spiritually, and it's just how he ended every single service. And when he, when he left and we no longer had that rhythm, that routine, it felt really weird. And it, it was like we missed it 
And even though sometimes we we sat through those services and just said, yeah, bless you relationally, that all of your relationships, I mean, we, we heard those words every single Sunday. Right, we heard them right. so many times that we could probably just repeat the, the blessing verbatim. But uh, the repetition of doing that every week really kind of instilled that deep inside of us. And it was something that, that wasn't easy for us to let go of when it was gone. Yeah. I, and I love that we're somehow like just in our design, there's that desire for those rhythms and those reminders. And similarly, my kids, like, I think they're not paying attention. And then one night I'm like, oh, I'm just going to skip it or it just gets late or I, and I'm not there. And they're like, daddy, you didn't bless me. Like, come bless me. Like, like I am there. I will bless you. No problem. Got it two thoughts come to mind is, I mean, it is like very simply, it's just a daily affirmation, right? It affirms our identity in Christ <laughs> and, and, and says that this is where our family is oriented. This is the God of our household. and This is who we serve. Um, but also it's, it's really an act of worship too. I mean, and I like, I like the word blessing because I, I kind of grew up not having this. Um, it's not that uh, it was avoided necessarily. So like, if you were to tell me a few years ago, like, I'm going to bless my kids, like, I would think that's a very Catholic thing to do, or, you know, it just would seem a little weird. But I like this idea of it, it really is affirming who we are in Christ as an act of worship, and it, it really does. It sets that, that tone and that rhythm for the home. I want to challenge you, the next time you go on a date, not to go see a movie, not to go do something that's fun and relaxing, but instead take the time to strategically plan how to create a healthy tone in your home. Set aside time to intentionally ask each other the questions that Brian mentioned. First, share with each other a high point and low point in the week. Second, ask your spouse what you did that made them feel loved. Third, and this one's a tough one, ask if there's anything bothering your spouse. This can be anything that you've done or something that has happened to them outside of your control. Fourth, ask your spouse what they've learned spiritually this week. It's a great way to get a pulse on where they're at with God and what God might be doing in your relationship as a couple and as a family. And finally, ask your spouse how they're doing with their goals. And then when you're done with your date night, don't forget to go home and for the rest of the week, involve your kids in creating a healthy spiritual tone for your home. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.